0: Fast family, and welcome to Quarter Mile at a Time, a Fast and Furious podcast. A Fast and Furious podcast where we hit them with the moonshine, now! Ooh, I'm Nick Lathan. And I'm Rip Camalucci. And this week we're talking about the Fast, or excuse me, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. And let me tell you, this is a fun-ass movie.
1: It's a fun flick. It's a fun movie. It doesn't ask you to fucking... Do too much at all
0: Yeah This is uh The buddy cop movie This franchise needed This is one of the movies That we pitched Throughout this entire podcast series. <laughs> yeah. I, I kept bringing it up I was like well, They need to make this movie And they finally did They finally made it
1: <laughs> I don't even care that You know you, you, you None of us are getting credit for it I'm just glad that it exists
0: Yeah <laughs> Oh man Yeah Uh I watched this the first time. I watched this the same week as I watched The Fate of the Furious. And I just remember oh, wow. liking this one a lot more.
1: I watched this movie uh, Thursday night, opening weekend. <laughs>
0: <'Cause> <laughs> of course you did.
1: I had been anticipating this movie for a long, long time. I It was still pretty early in our relationship. And I made, well, Charlie voluntarily... Uh, watched every movie in the series, excluding Tokyo Drift, uh, with me, Mm -hmm. uh, leading up to this movie coming out. And then we went to the theater opening weekend, watched it, and then this will actually be my second podcast uh, that I've talked about this movie exclusively on, uh, because I I recorded uh, for the Snark Squad pod uh, about Hobbs and Shaw.
0: Well, hopefully we get some new takes in this episode.
1: Oh, I've got new takes, baby.
0: Good. Before we get into the show or the movie show, like I'm a stunt man. <laughs> I love, that's the thing I love about stuntmen. They don't call them movies. They call them shows. Anyway, um, I've, I'm been go-
1: I've been calling movies uh, pictures recently, oh. which I, I've enjoyed myself doing.
0: A lot, a lot. I used to call them talkies to make myself laugh. Because uh, you had to make a distinction, because uh, I was watching a lot of silent films at the time. Before we get into the movie, though, I'm going to go into some stats. Stats, as most people call them. Um, this
1: movie was... I love that stinger that we've had this entire run of the podcast. Stats.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I don't stats. know what I was just doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I it, go back and listen to every episode, and that little theme cape comes on every time. You may every have missed time? it. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody puts plus 15. Anyway, box office for this film, it opened August 2nd, 2019. And it was number one in the box office two weeks in a row. It was Dethroned by Good Boys, which uh, is the preteen Super Bad movie that I still haven't seen, but I heard it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, this is probably the most beautiful. Top 10 I've seen this entire podcast. Hit him with it, Nick. Number one, with a bullet. Two bullets. Three bullets. Two to the chest, one to the head. Like how Shaw did to Brixton. Um, Number one, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Number two is The Lion King. Man. All right, you ready? Number three, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm three for three and I haven't seen all these movies. Okay. Number four, Spider-Man, Far From Home. Four for four. Number five, Toy Story 4. Five for five. Number six, Yesterday.
1: (laughs) Six for six. Oh, wow. You saw that? (laughs) Yeah, it was on HBO and Charlie wanted to watch it one night. Oh, man. It was
0: perfectly fine. All right. Number seven, The Farewell. Six for seven. All right. What's the farewell? It's uh, it's got Aquafina. She. It's about her grandmother's dying, and she. Oh yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: It's really good. Um, number eight, a movie you and I both love, Crawl.
1: Dude, (laughs) can we have a podcast series just as long as this one was, but just about Crawl?
0: I will gladly talk about Crawl for ten weeks.
1: (laughs) It was that movie. May have been, and you just listed off a bunch of bangers, yeah, award winners, crowd pleasers, sister teasers. I don't know what that is, uh, <laughs> but I needed it to run. Thank you. Crawl might be, of all the movies you've said so far, the most perfect summer movie that you've named.
0: You got everything. Yes, it's got everything. It's under 90 minutes. 88 baby. It's it's got Gators. Yep. It's got a hurricane. We're in Florida. It, it listen. It's got berry pepper.
1: Berry pepper. We've gone on about berry pepper already. I know we have. <laughs> it's It's got an opening at the University of Florida, my alma mater. You know it's Go Gators.
0: You know what's funny about this movie? It was filmed in, like, Hungary or some shit.
1: Yeah, it was filmed, yeah, like, in fucking <laughs> Eastern Europe. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it it's was... got crawl spaces, which no one in Florida wants to say that there are, but there are central Florida-ass homes with crawl spaces. It's not a basement, it's crawl space.
0: Yeah. Man, it's, uh... Yeah, crawl is great, man. It's like, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I kind of do. The
1: movie reads your mind. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It sets up a situation. You're like, oh, man, I really hope that. Boom, it happened. Yeah. And you're like, fuck yeah. And we're like, so I went and saw that movie in the theater uh, with all of my University of Florida alum up here. Uh, Which so I? It was like the, six gators in the theater and like four
0: other people. Yeah, you, and, you invited me to that screening. But unfortunately, that day I was seeing it midsummer. And I was like, I can't see a two and a half hour movie, and then to go see this, this is gonna,
1: <laughs> dude. Let me tell you, I so I haven't seen uh, Midsummer yet, uh, but I know that that is, is it will will overwhelm you. Yeah, the screening of Crawl with all of us would have also overwhelmed you in a very different way.
0: I I feel like that would have I, I feel like that screening of Crawl would have been so much better than my screening of Midsummer. Because Midsummer was just dread the entire time, which Crawl, I feel like that would have been a party. That is a, yeah.
1: Crawl, a very similar viewing experience to when we went and saw the Drink Along Jaws. But (laughs) with ten people in theater.
0: That's funny. And six of them being us and Rowdy. (laughs) I got so Rowdy during that Jaws screening, somebody came up to me afterwards and told me, uh, you made that so much better for me, and I was two rows behind you.
1: I was I was just thinking about that night the other day, man. What a fucking great experience. But also, in Crawl, we were the original
0: Rowdy Reptiles, boy. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's such a good movie. Crawl, it's on I, th- I think it's on Hulu, it's on Prime Video.
1: Ooh, fuck yeah.
0: Shit, I might watch that when we get off this. Um I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it since earlier this year. And somebody, I told, like, I saw uh, somebody was like, I uh, was like, what movie should I watch? I was like, Crawls and Hulu. And they're like, Crawl. And I explained that movie to them. And then they said, that does not sound good. And I said, no, it is the one of the best movies of 2019. <laughs> For sure. God damn right. Number nine, Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Seen that. And I'll tell you what. I was charmed by it. I that's, liked it. That's good. And I don't fucking like Guy Ritchie at all. And that movie was 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 darn tootin' fun. It's like shit ch- like a cheap production, but it's also got charm to it. Yeah. You know who fucking saw that movie? Nassim Padrad.
0: Nassim Padrad. Thank you for singing like my man Don Pardo. R.I.P. R.I.P. rest in peace. And number 10, Annabelle Comes Home, which I've seen Annabelle Creation. Very good. I haven't seen Come Home yet.
1: I have not seen any of the Annabelle movies,
0: So which is an oversight on my part. For this, you are uh, 8 and 10. Good job. Uh, thank you. I've seen everything but uh, the Disney movies. Excuse me, I saw Toy Story, but I did not see Lion King or Aladdin and Annabelle, so I'm 7. For 10. I didn't see yesterday, so I'm 6 for 10. Okay. I don't watch movies. I hate movies. <laughs> Let's continue on with these stats. Um, budget was two hundred million, it made seven hundred and fifty-nine million. Fuck yeah. Rotten Tomato score sixty-seven percent. IMDB score six point five. Metacritic is sixty. I would have thought this movie would have made more money, to be honest. But seven hundred and fifty-nine uh, I mean, it made three times its budget back. So, oh yeah, I remember that picture. I like that picture on Instagram. We should just post if, post that in the episode on the Instagram quarter mile of uh, time
1: pod. I'll send it to you just in case you want to actually post that to the.
0: Yeah, I probably will to the Instagram. I, the clip, the episode clip, would just be us talking about crawl. Nothing to do with uh the movie we're talking about. Um, so that's the,
1: the only thing that could have made this movie better was some alligators. I'll say that right now.
0: Well, guess what? <laughs> I'm introducing an add-on pack, much like a video game that adds alligators to the film., <laughs> uh,
1: that's only worth it if uh, you can play as Shaw
0: as an alligator. Oh man. Trying to think how crazy that would be. Imagine, imagine an alligator. You know that scene in the hallway where they're like fighting on the guys. Which that scene doesn't make any sense to me. The fighting part does, but like you have to match up eye patterns at the same time to open those doors. Yeah. I guess. But imagine in that room with all those dudes, and instead of Shaw, it's an alligator. Be great. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, so this movie. That has a cold opening, which... Have any of the other Fast Films had a cold opening? What I'm saying is this felt like a James... So Do what now? What were you saying?
1: I was going to say, well, SNL has cold opening. You
0: broke up. (laughs) And you know what else does? James Bond movies, which this movie felt like a buddy cop James Bond movie, in my opinion.
1: So here's... I liked the cold opening. I liked the, the the action set to Time in a Bottle. I really liked that. But I feel like that set the tone for what was a very different
0: movie. Yeah, it's a weird... And the
1: rest of the movie kind of betrayed the opening that it had.
0: It's a weird opening with the Time of the Bottle. It's kind of like, I don't yeah, know. I don't
1: think it's that weird. I really, really like it. It's like a nice, cool... Choice, like I love, I love the idea. I love putting like either crazy or hectic or violent scenes to like smooth ballads or like you know just I like a juxtaposition between my action and my and my needle drop and stuff like that. And I felt like that was a very good one. You don't hear Diamond in a Bottle in movies, yeah. uh, you know, that much, much less an action
0: movie. Yeah, it's just. Um... It felt odd to me just because <laughs> this was directed by David Leitch, who directed, uh, co-directed John, the John Wick. I think it's the first two John Wicks. He directed Deadpool. He directed Atomic Blonde. Deadpool 2, I should say. But Deadpool 2 opens up with a bunch of violence set to 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. So that's like then, I felt like he was just repeating himself a little bit. Well,
1: you know, we—I'm we, not going to call it repeating himself. I'm going to call it director trade. I'll call it a calling card. There you go, trademark. Uh, you know, but I—I I keep doing it. I'm a sucker for that shit. It's—it's yeah. it's a great—it's a great little technique.
0: Um, yeah. Who the director of uh, shit? The Kingsman movies. He did X Men First Class. He did Kick Ass. Oh
1: yeah. His name is escaping. God, first class, too.
0: Um. Anyway, uh, what's his name? I, I was thinking about him the other day. Matthew Vaughn. Yes. He uh, he does this as well. Is that he set action sequences to songs like the opening? I think I've talked about in this podcast before. To Kingsman is like an air raid and like battle scenes set to "Money for Nothing" by Dire Straits. It is awesome. I was the only per- I was the only one in the theater who thought that was awesome because I applauded and laughed my ass off, and everybody else was silent. I kind of went John Lovis there, but he also said a really cool uh, action sequence to Let's go crazy about Prince in a uh, car chase. Mm. That was dope. That that sounds good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't mean to come out guns blazing on a uh, how much I uh, thought the the song choice in a cold opening was weird. But the rest of it was awesome. With uh, Brixton coming in with his Decepticon bike.
1: Yeah. Out the gate. <clears throat> you establish that your villain is, has got the dopest shit.
0: Yeah. I love that they're using... Uh, <laughs> so you got the EMP gun. You got the EMP, uh, grenades or whatever. You got the EMP bomb. Now we got electric bullets, which I've never seen before.
1: EMP two electric bullet loo. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Come and get me. Um, I uh, so I kind of forgot like what the what the damn MacGuffin of this whole movie was, uh, and and wrote down at the beginning boy this super violet, this super virus plot really ain't gonna age well uh except <laughs> by the time i got to the end of the movie i had forgotten what the fuck they were even going on about anyway because like within this the the scope of the movie that virus was like never real they like told you told you what it would do, yeah. But you never actually like got to see it like happen. I feel like in other like, if they were to use that in other action movies, you would have seen it like be tested on a person or something like that. Yeah, that was and, weird. Yeah, like, had he just injects it into herself, and then she just like it's got it's on a, it's a fucking time release capsule basically. Um,
0: they could have had a scene at the uh, was it Edion, Edion? Etienne Etienne in, in HQ Were like Brixton's like Let's see a small dosage Of this And then like Like in the uh, a Prime example I, You've seen You haven't seen The Rock No Right I in famously
1: the, have never seen The Rock
0: In The Rock They had this it's The whole plot is They had these missiles That had this nerve gas in them And they're these ball, Like uh, They're these green balls And When they steal the nerve gas missiles from the military base at the beginning of the movie, the first thing you see is somebody drops one of those balls in the cell, and they close the door behind it, and you see a dude's face melt because of this nerve gas. Like, you need a scene like that, where you see some guy's insides melt, you know. But that probably would have been too violent for (laughs) PG-13.
1: Sure. um, But I mean, like, I feel like there's a way there's still a way you can like show show that it's dangerous instead of just like the only reason we know it's dangerous is because they told us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the uh, weakest MacGuffin for a fast film. Yeah. But it's different. You know what I mean? Like it's biological. It's not like.
1: It's bio warfare, and you know it still has worldwide stakes, which is just where we're at in in this franchise now. Yeah, every movie has to have
0: worldwide stakes. So, man, I remember one. I recently, I watched a blockbuster where the stakes weren't worldwide, and it was so refreshing.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> it is. What was? Do you remember what it was? I
0: don't know. I know like the James Bond movies. Have been more personal and those have been right. great.
1: Like, was sk- it the Lion King?
0: It was the Lion King,
1: it, it made over a billion dollars. Man, streaming now um, on Disney Plus. <clears throat> uh, I, I liked the opening sequence after the cold open, uh, with you know the split screen yeah. action you got going on with Hobbs and Shaw and their different day. What I like most about it, I just dropped my phone. What I, God damn it. Okay.
0: (laughs) Fuck. This episode is going to be explicit.
1: What I liked uh, (laughs) most about it was because it clearly establishes in that opening bed, overhead bed shot of the two of them, that Shaw fucks and Hobbs doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's a family man, okay? No, he's not. He's a father. He is not a family man.
0: Later in the film, he becomes a family man.
1: Yeah, well, not when he should be fucking.
0: <laughs> Speaking of uh, making sex and having a kid, that family tree, was the question mark meant on the family tree meant to be Hobbs's wife?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's either Hobbs's wife or uh, Dominic
0: Toretto. <laughs> I doubt it's Dominic. But, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, because, like, the Saman- is, is Samantha Hobbs just... She's like, I'm here, guys. Oh my god, maybe she was created in a lab. Oh boy, oh boy. Um,
1: <clears throat> they're going over uh Hobbs's daughter's homework, uh, who was clearly recast, yes. Uh, and and normally, some they would do something like this, and it would be like a reference to something that happens like later in the movie or something like that, but like the kids' homework. When she had to do, like, a book report on Old Man and the Sea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, not that anyone, aside from yours truly, has read Old Man. Have you read the Old Man in the Sea? Hell no. Right. No one's... So, even if there was a reference to, to something that happens in Old Man in the Sea later on in the movie, in the picture, like, no one would have known. And guess what? There wasn't. Because I, I read it, and that book is so fucking boring, man. And then but you did you know this that the film adaptation of Old Man and the Sea was the first movie to use blue
0: screen. Really? Yes, indeed. And who starred in that film?
1: Uh, Gregory Peck, I don't know.
0: That sounds about right. That sounds like a movie that Gregory Peck Could would be. be in. Yeah, I it, the opening cracked me up just because Hobbs wakes up at 6 a.m. Shaw wakes up at 6 p.m. That's just how different they are. Oh, man. Which which makes is me think, e- was he having started. sex after breakfast? Was like the, would they, they, they go on a breakfast date to make sex and then go to sleep and then wake up at 6 p.m.? Yeah, they go
1: and have a big breakfast. Yeah. And then come home and, and bone.
0: Um, Eating beans, because that's how the British are. Eating beans and, for breakfast. Yep,
1: and just like uh, uh, Hobbs, will just eat a spoonful of coffee grounds
0: yes. for breakfast. All caps in my nose. Hobbs eats coffee
1: <laughs> and drinks eggs. Does <laughs> he eat coffee? Do you think that works better or worse for getting for getting caffeine in you for being for getting a buzz?
0: I don't know because I I grind my own coffee. I do the whole beans uh, French press deal. And That's
1: what we call you too. We call you Whole Beans Nick.
0: Yeah, thank you um, uh, Butterbean butter is my cousin So Folgers that he was clearly eating I feel like that'd be the Probably the easiest coffee to eat
1: Yeah But if I'm Folgers I feel betrayed Because The best part of waking up Isn't coffee in your spoon It's Folgers in your cup Put it where
0: it's supposed to be Put it in a cup baby Not your mouth um, something that raised, uh, in, in, in my mind during the watching of this film, is Shaw still wanted by everybody? He, because my dude just in a pub hanging out.
1: I don't think so. I feel like if you work for Mr. Nobody, then your record gets scrubbed.
0: Okay. So that's just a deal. So I like, if I get a record, I need to find Kurt Russell.
1: Yes. Uh, he'll be in a uh, a crushed velvet red suit uh, with a big beard in the horny Santa movie.
0: that movie comes out tomorrow. I just realized that. yeah, the second one yeah I'm gonna watch it. uh there's an art uh, this is totally off topic, but on topic with Kurt Russell. he and Goldie Hahn did an interview recently and in the in the interview. <laughs> Russell said that he saw passion of the Christ and he thought that movie was so innovative because did you read this I did because they speak in like Jesus's native like language and that's and that's what attracted Kurt Russell to the Santa Claus movies because the elves have a language Kurt Russell's on one y'all I I love that man, he's great.
1: <laughs> oh Something man! Something else I love. Helen Mirren. Uh, I was gonna say pancakes.
0: Oh. Um,
1: and I love a rock cheat day. Uh, you know that that scene was just filmed so he can have his cheat day while on set yeah. and getting work done too.
0: Yeah, he actually ate all that. He didn't. It was. It, mm-hmm. He wasn't spitting that into a bucket. He was actually eating all that. Yep. Oh man. So what do you think? Uh so this I think this is a, a holdover from Deadpool is having Ryan Reynolds in this movie.
1: So that uh, and you said uh, this director directed Deadpool 2, yes. which Rob Delaney was also in. Yes. Rob Delaney plays the other CIA agent. And
0: so is Eddie Marzan, who plays the scientist. He played he's the evil headmaster in Deadpool 2.
1: Oh shit, he was. Damn, I didn't even recognize him mm-hmm. in that. Um <clears throat> and then also, uh, Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds are working together on uh, some fucking overly expensive Netflix movie. It was like Red uh, Seven
0: or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's some fucking n- title that doesn't really matter. But <laughs> that's just kind of like what happens with with The Rock. Is like you're in one movie where you start next to him, and then like you're just in his orbit. It's like Kevin, quite literally, Kevin Hart is, is stuck in the rock.
0: literally story. in his orbit. Yeah, Kevin Hart, uh, he cracked me, Red Notice, is what it's called. Kevin Red Hart N- cracked me the fuck up in this movie. He was good
1: in this movie. He was very, all the all the little cameos were like so unexpected and pleasantly surprising.
0: Yeah, um, when he showed up, I said the first time I watched this movie, I was like, I was like, of course, of course, yep. he's in this movie. You were mad at yourself because you didn't. Predict (laughs) it. It cracked me up because uh, the first thing you see him and he has longer hair. You obviously can tell that they were just like, Kevin, whatever, like a day in your schedule that you're off, just show up and we'll do your cameo. We'll We'll fit you in. We'll do it two days, eight months apart. How's that? And like the first cameo, he has long hair. And then the second scene, obviously it's been cut for like another role or something.
1: The second scene was straight up just like shot on it was written on the fly yeah like well i guess we gotta we gotta figure out how they got from russia to samoa yeah
0: which that was they oh hey they set that up beautifully are you
1: on are you on the lot right now (laughs) can you meet us in the bathroom in building 25
0: yeah i cut my hair doesn't matter don't care this man got a haircut what, this movie takes place in a seventy-two-hour time frame, and Kevin Hart's character got a haircut in that amount of time. I love it; it just shows how real this film is because people get haircuts all the time. People get haircuts at the craziest. <laughs> <they're-> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this. Uh, yeah, this movie is just fun like that. Like you don't give a sh- like don't give a shit. Uh, something that cracks me about Ryan Reynolds' part in the. Uh, Diner with Sam is that Obviously they cast They recast her to make her The same age that she was Because obviously the actor has grown out of Grown older But Ryan Reynolds has a line Do you even age? Talking to her <laughs> that, like,
1: That's funny Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is like just on one In that scene They yeah. just let him fucking go I loved the tattoo bit um, I have a different theory as to why they recast The kid uh, Eyebrows, and it's I I have a theory that the first kid that they cast for Hobbes's daughter couldn't do the eyebrow stuff.
0: Yeah, that's what I think too. Uh,
1: which which leads me to ask: in the pantheon of famous eyebrow work, you taking Dwayne Johnson? Are you taking John Belushi?
0: I'm going with Belushi. Belushi does. Yeah. Believe she can go it goes insane with it.
1: Yeah. But The Rocks like arguably made his career.
0: Yeah. And somebody else in the eyebrow game, Jack Black. Ooh, yes. Yeah.
1: As a that's a dark horse right there.
0: I mean, shit, he does a fucking wave in one of his movies with his eyebrows. Jack Black does. <laughs> that's
1: good. All right, rank the 3.
0: I would say I'm gonna go Black Belushi Johnson.
1: Damn. Damn, dude. Uh Jack Black, another one that's kind of that's worked with uh yeah. Queen Johnson a
0: lot. I, I would not be surprised thing. if he showed up in the next Hobson Shaw movie. <sighs> Just one scene with Jack dude. Black.
1: <laughs> Tying in Jack Black or a character played by Jack Black into the fast universe, which I, I'm I'm willing to go bet dollars to donuts that we definitely see some of these characters in a fast movie proper. So to to tease me with the potential that Jack Black would be in a fast and furious movie. Yeah. It'd be great. Fucking fucking cool me down, somebody.
0: <laughs> I'll use the snowflake to cool you down. <laughs> um, wasn't that oh yeah, a note I have I'd watch a Lock and Hobbes movie. It wouldn't even have to be a movie. We can do like a, a Vin Diesel directed spinoff little short film. Yeah.
1: I honestly wouldn't be shocked if like we get something pretty similar to it.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Rob Delaney. I remember freaking out um, when I saw him. Rob Delaney is a very tall man. I don't know if you could tell <laughs> from this scene. I've, I've I met Rob Delaney once and he I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty tall man. He was taller than me. It was weird. I think he's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, Pretty tall. Oh, man. Yeah, I love a movie with a time limit. The 72-hour time limit was dope. Yes. I'm just going through my notes.
1: Oh. You brought up uh, Helen Mirren earlier. Yes. Um... And so something that on this podcast that we've not done a great job, like we don't, we know we don't ever really even hit you with like a brief synopsis of what actually happened. Like <laughs> no. you either watch the movies or you're just going to fucking like our bits. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> so uh, there's just a lot that there's a lot of plot holes from like what happened before this movie, uh, to what happened in it. Like how, what exactly did mama Shaw do, to to be arrested?
0: Well, they made it seem like she's been wanted this entire time. And so, like, she was still wanted in Fate of the Furious. And then they finally oh. caught her.
1: Okay. So then that leads me to another question. For such, like, a real crimey family that the Shaw's are, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of weird and a little odd that they, like, all ended up in the military.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like we're a, a London Underground crime family that also are like the best of the best of the best, sir.
0: It's weird, yeah. It may it may go it may go towards like a thing where they were they were just trying to get out of the life, and so like you know military recruiters are all like, well, if you want to have a great life, then you should join the military. You know what I mean? It might be something like that.
1: Maybe. They use it as an escape or something like that. Yeah. But the way that they're, like, attached to their mom and, like, the influence that she has, like, makes it seem like they're all still kind of
0: involved it,
1: or something like that. I don't know. It's just... It's it's one of those things where it's just like, I gotta stop thinking about this. Yeah.
0: I mean, with the Fast Films, if you think about it way too much, obviously, we've poked holes in everything. This, this, this franchise has more holes in it than Vince's mesh shirts. This... But this
1: installment in particular... <laughs> Is also, like, a little little sus. Like, what exactly happened between the end of Fate of the Furious and Hobbs and Shaw to where Hobbs and Shaw fucking hate each other again? I don't know. Like, did something go sideways at that rooftop barbecue in New York?
0: You know what? That's another short film we need to see. It's just, like...
1: Someone drinking the last beer or fucking
0: You know you notice that Hobbs doesn't wear any leather vests or have a chain wallet in this movie? I think Shaw made fun of him. Ooh, he
1: shamed him. He
0: fashion shamed him. Yeah. And that and that's why Hobbes makes fun of the fact that, that Shaw wears a jacket in a hundred plus degree weather in Samoa.
1: Okay. See, here's what happen. <laughs> we poke holes, we fill holes.
0: Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah, you're bringing uh, up Helen Mirren. Um, Vanessa Kirby, I have never... Th- this happens few... This doesn't happen a lot, but she actually looks like she could be Helen Mirren's daughter. Totally. Yep. And, I mean, also just speaking about
1: Vanessa Kirby, uh, I thought she damn near stole this movie. I thought she was excellent in this movie. And, like, After the first time around watching it, I was, like, really high on her. But I wasn't sure if I was just kind of, like, giving her more credit for just, like, not getting lost in the sauce of DJ and Statham. Yeah. But, no. She 100% holds her own. If not, is, like, her own standalone thing. Uh, She kicks ass. She's a good actor. And and
0: she's the reason I'm probably going to start watching The Crown. She, um, I watched this movie. I'm like... All the other women in this franchise, I think she is she does the best job of like acting, action, she and she's the best, she's the most rounded out character, I think.
1: And that might be, you know, the benefit of coming into this this universe so late. Yeah. Where like they've maybe figured out how to actually yeah. write women characters and, and all that stuff. Um <clears throat> but but nevertheless. Yeah, they do it. They crush it. And uh, again, uh, she's one I, because I, I know Helen Mirren is going to be in F9, mm-hmm. and I would love to see Hattie, uh, you know, with some action in F9 as well, if not F <laughs> fast tenure seat belts.
0: Well, they definitely need to bring her back for Hobbs and Shaw 2.
1: Yes. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if not, just I hope that they're able to actually, like, keep, like, a romance continuity unlike. You know, I feel like most action films that have, like, a series of them or whatever, like, the love interest changes every single fucking movie.
0: I'm trying. It sucks. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, movies where, like, in between each movie, something weird happens between, like, oh, yeah, what happened to such and such? Like, oh, she blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I, love, I loved the uh, little flashback uh Scenes they had that would like des- uh, describe the Shaw scams, yeah, that they would do as kids. The grifts. They needed one more.
0: They needed a rule of threes on those. What was the first grift? I know the second one was Mick Jagger. The
1: first one was Keith Moon.
0: Oh, okay, explosives. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, I wish we could have gotten more grifts. I really like that a lot.
1: Needed at least one more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what. Oh, the note I have okay, so at the part of my notes, I'm at the uh, at the Brixton attacking the CIA black site. That's where I'm at in the notes. Mm-hmm. And the part that gets me, first of all, the scenes yeah, Vanessa Kirby so far in this movie, every scene she's been in, she's been awesome in. Like the interrogation scene and then like beating the shit out of the dude. <laughs> yep. And that street fight with the rock.
1: Yes. Uh, I have here the the Shaw apartment slash Hobbs uh, Hobbs and Hattie meetup street fight. Yeah. Uh the the inner cutting of those two, that whole sequencing together, uh just more gold. Um, that was so well done. And there and that was that scene right there was probably the most chemistry that Vanessa Kirby and DJ had in a scene together. Yeah. And they kissed later in the movie. Yeah. Um, which I'll get to that later, but
0: But yeah The note I have for the uh, So the whole like You know Brixton coming in there And stealing uh, Hattie And the note I have here is uh, Hobbs definitely would have gotten rope burns If his hands weren't made out of rattlesnake hide
1: (laughs) So I thought about that And I I think the conclusion I came to Was that the ropes were just continuously Being fed
0: down I guess
1: Um, But yeah As soon as I'm grabbing those ropes I'm like Oh buddy don't (laughs) But oh, yeah, no, your hands are fucking horse hooves from all the clanging and banging you he's doing in the Iron Paradise.
0: Oh, man, it's yeah. And then after this, Uh, yeah,
1: a little a little before that, um, when they're seeing each other for the first time in the movie, finding out that's who they want the other to work with the the line, the the no fucking way line. I thought it was a very clever way to to get away with two fucks. Yeah. For the price of one.
0: Uh, Yeah, that was... uh, I really, really enjoyed that. No fuck... Like, split screen, no fucking way. No fucking way. Oh, man. Uh,
1: The uh, Game of Thrones references? Not aging well.
0: I have not seen the show, so I don't get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I've seen every episode. Don't make timely references in your movies, baby.
0: Yeah, that's a... uh... I'm over here, like, trying to operate on my sock. Um, Off mic. I had a thread on my sock, and it was bothering me. (laughs) So, the... (laughs) I'm not cutting this out. Yeah, the game of, like, the timely references and stuff, like, there's so many comedy movies from the mid-2000s that do that shit. Yeah. And, like, you watch this, like, yeah, this is funny at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, God, like, Austin Powers used to do it. The fucking Osborns are in the Austin Powers movie. Like, don't make timely references. Yeah. <laughs> like, please be ageless. Like, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World did the opposite, in which it used a bunch of old technology. <laughs> you gotta use old shit. Yeah, like... <laughs> you gotta use the shit that you already know. Is Like, if it's still
1: relevant by now yeah. to reference... Then we're good. We're gold.
0: Yeah. Like Scott Pilgrim, he's using the 56K dial-up modem in the year 2009.
1: And there's a, a Seinfeld drop in there.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> love it.
1: Yeah. Um, Also, speaking of references, how are you going to have The Rock tease one of his fucking catchphrases, but not go through with it? Where he says, when they're like yelling at each other, uh, that he's going to... He's taking. I'm going to take this chair, turn it sideways, and smash it right down your throat. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. Um. Excuse me. No, I'm sorry. No, you turn that some bitch sideways
0: and stick it straight up his candy ass. I was like, does he even say candy ass in this film? No. Ted says it. That's the weirdest part.
1: He does say some... He does eventually say some bitch, because yeah. he has to. Yeah. Although, uh, I like that that Shaw referenced him saying some bitch uh, in this scene as well. Kind of stealing the thunder a little yeah,
0: bit. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, after this scene, there's finally a car chase. And let me tell you, pretty nice.
1: It was good. Um, You know, I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, and... and a car chase is pretty easy to do. Um this is it's just it's just one of the things that reminds you this is not a this is not a Fast and Furious movie. It is presented by Fast and Furious. Yes. So you're going to get cars, you're going to get chases, you're going to get mods, you're going to get stuff like that. Don't ever expect a race. Um but this was a good chase. You know, you had classic driving underneath trucks, which was a nice little self-reference.
0: Yeah. Um that, uh, that fucking motorcycle, yeah, that is straight up is a Decepticon. I even think they use Transformers sound effects mm-hmm. with it. But, like, the way that, that fucking motorcycle moves, I just, in my head right now, I just have on loop Brixton going up under the 18-wheeler. Like, the way the car, the way the motorcycle yeah. stretches, and, and, like, the gas tank and engine rotate.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Literally everything from, like, going down the building all the way through to the end of that chase is another just fucking solid gold
0: sequence. It made, it made me think of like shades of like Winter Soldier and I, I think I even wrote Metagross Solid at some point. But it's just like weird techno like enhanced soldier stuff.
1: It's definitely during the sequence that I, I wrote down that Brixton is a fucking S tier villain.
0: Yes. He is I'm gonna go on a limb here. Best villain of the franchise. <sighs> man we still we're still gonna
1: get more out of cipher so I'm not counting cipher out yet um but you're not you're not wrong you're not wrong
0: I, th- I feel like he and Braga are the two best of the franchise um
1: I mean would you count Shaw as a villain in seven?
0: Yeah, but like, I don't know. He just, he has great motivation, but it's just like, oh, here he is. You know, like, it's just, it's like a video game character that just shows up. Like, you know, like, it's like, we're introduced. There's this villain that shows up randomly in the video game at random encounters and you'll fight him. And that's what he felt like. Let
1: me, let me rephrase this. Is what Deckard Shaw did in his time in Furious 7? More, is he a better villain in that? I'm sorry, Furious 6. Is what Deckard Shaw did in Furious 6 more of a better villain than he was in Furious 7?
0: You mean blowing up Han? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty villainous.
1: So he's a better villain in like 30 seconds of one movie than he is in the entirety of of
0: another. I mean, he's still good, but like... He's still good. He does better shit in other movies. Like, the prison fight in, uh... Yeah, Fate of the Furious Fate. was dope. His fighting the in this plane movie,
1: sequence in Fate,
0: yeah, the plane, like, yeah, like, like I said last episode, Deckard Shaw was the MPV of Fate of the Furious. Yeah, and he was a good guy.
1: All right. So, at this point, we get introduced to Etienne. Uh, we get introduced to the big fucking boss, or at least the voice, or the. Garbled voice of the boss.
0: Played by Ryan Reynolds. Wait, really? Did you not notice this time around? I think we've talked about this before.
1: I know we talked about it, but I didn't... I still didn't fucking hear it. Was it, like, is it credited to Ryan Reynolds?
0: It's uh, credited to, like, Steve Nightingale or some shit like that. Like, it's a weird... He uses a weird name. But, like, apparently what they were going to do... I read this online, so you know how accurate this is going to be. But Ryan Reynolds did it as a placeholder... And then they uh-huh. just garbled his voice to make him not sound like Ryan Reynolds. Because their idea was, because Keanu Reeves, of course, is John Wick, directed by David Leitch, they were going to get Keanu Reeves to play the director of Ideon. But counter Reeves didn't. He and Leitch like, re- agreed that like Keanu Reeves wasn't going to be good for it. Mm. So that's why they didn't do it.
1: So, just because Ryan Reynolds voiced it, though, does that necessarily mean...
0: It's not Locke. Okay. It's like, it's just, he did it as a placeholder, and then later, yeah. later on, they're going to get somebody else to play him. Because, obviously, at the end of the movie, they set up that he knows Hobbes. Right. So, they're probably... So, who do we think...
1: At, I'm just going to say Etienne. I don't know if that's the actual name or Is whatever, it Etienne? But- I don't know. Uh,
0: is it... Ch- Champ Nightingale's his name.
1: Is it Letian?
0: What if it's Owen Shaw? Speaking of who, where the fuck was he in this movie? <laughs> he's,
1: he was in fucking, he, t- he was taking it easy, man.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think he flies, he, he's like, y'all getting on a plane? No thank you. He was on Holiday, <laughs> alright? Oh, where's that short film? Owen's Holiday. <laughs> No one's holiday.
1: <laughs> it's just a sequel to the holiday Yeah Um We So Another scene that I like is When they go to Shaw's Little hideaway Yes. And we straight up get Italian job Canon confirmed
0: Yeah I need to rewatch that movie Cause it's on it's streaming Somewhere
1: Somebody high-five F. Gary Gray, baby. We did it.
0: <laughs> uh, right before that, I wrote down, where is Sam staying? And then he references Aunt Lisa. So is that um, Hobbs's sister? Or is that a family friend? Who is this Aunt Lisa character mm. that Samantha Hobbs is staying with? I You know, the, <sighs> that's going to be a
1: whole other thing, man. The Hopefully we get some clarification on the Toretto family tree. Coming up, but we're just opening more questions about the the Hobbs family
0: trip. That's true. That's why we got sequels, baby. Yeah, the uh, Italian job reference, and then the montage, little short sequence of them like as their characters checking into the plane was brilliant. Like Hattie was just like she has obviously taken improv classes. Oh yeah, because she became that character. <laughs> Whereas, like, Decker Shaw's just giving all these backstories, like, you're so-and-so and you're a travel agent working for such-and-such. And, such. and, like, Hattie was like, I'm there. I'm doing it. And, like, she's wearing the outfit and, like, you know, is improvising. It. And Shaw's just like, yeah, it's me. I'm just... Oh,
1: my name's Franz Gruber.
0: Yeah, like, he's not putting any effort. He's not putting as much... he's Hattie put in so much more effort into her character than he did. yep, And then Mike um, Oxmall...
1: Uh, Mike Cox Mall, which which uh, Drink for another Dwayne Johnson Facial hair change <laughs> uh, Where he has like a mustache uh, When he goes up to the counter And then when he gets on the plane uh, He just has his regular scruff
0: Yeah, at, at, well, you know He went through the whole cavity search situation So he, I think he needed a, just a stress relief He's like, I don't need this extra Thing on my face Yeah, he what Which movie was it that he his facial hair was going insane? Was it uh, Fate? Or it f-
1: happened in five. And I want to say it happened in seven as well.
0: Well, seven, he was only in two scenes. So that's like believable that that would happen.
1: No, no, no. But it was like within the same like sequence. Oh,
0: I don't care. <laughs> that's the best movie in the franchise. It is. We'll for- so it doesn't matter. We forgive it.
1: Uh, Hob says he uh, is working on saving the world for the fourth time, which checks out. Mm-hmm. Six, seven, eight, and then this movie,
0: "Love for Babushka."
1: What a fucking guy!
0: Which I wrote it down because I'm a big Kate Bush fan, and she has a song called Babushka, and I wrote it like the song title Babushka, but apparently that's not how you spell Babushka. Well, because I was autocorrected. They autocorrected me on my on my notes. They said, "Nope, it's a U, not two O's and then, yeah, Kevin Hart is Air Marshal Dinkley. Love it. Which, the voice change in that bit was very funny. Like, this is how I talk with yeah. the So what are, you,
1: what, are you, uh, what are you clanging and banging, 300, 400? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, I, yeah, this movie is easily the funniest in the franchise.
1: Well, I think, I mean, it happened in, in the Ryan Reynolds scene towards the beginning of the movie. It happened in this scene. Yeah, I think they just, like, got some of, Of their funny friends And just let them cook Yeah You know Like another very funny scene Which uh, probably doesn't allow For as much improvising But the phone conversation Between um, Ryan Reynolds And Rob Delaney uh, Is very funny Yeah And like Makes good references To the rest of the fucking Universe Yeah yeah yeah. Specifically though With like Reynolds and Hartman They just let the fuckers cook
0: Yeah Well this movie was like Of course it was It was written by Chris Morgan and I feel like they got Drew Pierce to come in and polish it up. Mm-hmm. Cuz Drew Pierce, um he's from a he's from the Marvel camp.
1: Okay. So, I was wondering where that name where I seen that name.
0: He um he co-wrote Iron Man 3 with Shane Black. And of course Iron Man 3 is the most buddy of those three movies. Yeah. So I feel like Drew Pierce, after working with Shane Black, the fucking father of buddy cop movies, um coming in to like I guess he, he might have mm-hmm. you know learned something from that and then come in and just clean up the buddy cop aspect of this movie but he also he also wrote Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and there's a lot of Mission Impossible type shit in this movie especially with the Ukraine um that just that straight up reminded me of like a scene out of Mission Impossible yeah like a secret military base my next note is flamethrower, baby. Oh, because Brixton uses a flamethrower.
1: Yeah, well, that whole that whole sequence um, of going to Russia and meeting up with Margarita and uh, getting all those sweet little fucking toys. Yeah. The 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 heat signature thing to see through walls. You mentioned the the two hallway scene earlier. Um, as a, as a fun little sequence of events.
0: The, the, the weirdest part about that whole sequence, I just wrote this down. I've never seen a fighter jet with two passenger seats. Drones, baby. Drones. Drones. It was weird because, like, you got a, a pilot in the front. And in the back, you got, like, you know, you got the kids back there on the trip to Disneyland, like, side by side with ejector seats. Like, i <laughs> Like, yeah, we'll make up a plane for this movie. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I love, I love just, like, the ridiculousness of this entire, like, stretch of the movie of them just, like, parachuting directly into, you know, a fucking nuclear silo. Yeah. Uh, and, like, parachuting with, like, 50 feet left before they hit the ground. And then it's just all the doodans and just all they making their way through this this fucking secret base.
0: This uh, this makes me think of uh, what friend of the show Zoe Agapinian said. She watched it for the first time with a friend of hers and her friend uh, after this whole sequence, the Ukraine sequence, um, her friend was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to go to Samoa. And like because this movie is f- like five movies in one, it feels like. Yeah, you get a lot of
1: bang for your buck with this movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's at least 3 movies in one. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, this this uh the fight scene with Hattie breaking out. Yep. That was really cool, R- well choreographed. Yep. And then yeah, she just like cleans up in this she, factory, whatever this place is. She cleans
1: up. Uh I love the the torture scene. Yes. A lot, of, a lot of good banter, a lot of good bits in that scene.
0: Which, uh, they're talking about Edion being, like, the New World Order or whatever. And then um, Shaw says, is, is like, oh, you mean your death cult? And then uh, Brixton immediately says, we're visionaries. And I wrote down, Edion equals MAGA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the iconic line, I'm Black Superman.
1: I thought you were going to say, and then, of course... The iconic line, genocide schmenicide.
0: He's oh fuck. That this fucking movie. That's why Brixton's <laughs> the best villain.
1: This movie doesn't give a fuck.
0: Brixton is like, he's the most fun villain of this franchise. <laughs> genocide schmenicide. It's so fucking villainy. Like that that is he isn't he is a uh if he was a villain in a Bond movie, he'd be in a Roger Moore movie. For sure.
1: Chris Morgan or Drew Pierce wrote down the words in final draft, genocide, schmenicide, and it made it through drafts.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Good Lord. This movie's fucking on one. And I love it.
0: It's ridiculous, dude. Like it is, it is, it is truly an early eighties bond movie. That's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm black Superman, which that line apparently was I'm black James Bond. I read that online. Wait, what? Whenever uh, Brixton says I'm black Superman. Yeah. Apparently that line was originally I'm black James Bond.
1: Oh man, that's funny. which. Idris, the Superman thing makes more sense.
0: Yeah, but. but Idris Elba. I think that was an end joke for Idris Elba because yeah. everybody, everybody in, in existence wants him to play James Bond.
1: He's gonna be like fucking seventy eight years old, and people are still gonna want him to be James Bond. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. Like, uh, somebody are trying to get into argument with me, saying like he needs to be the next Bond, and uh, my argument is he's too old.
1: Well, how old is Daniel Craig?
0: Daniel Craig is the same age as uh idris elba like around the same age but the thing about craig is he's been bond for the past he's been bond since 2006
1: right but if daniel craig i don't know it's just seemed like every other two movies like daniel craig was saying i wasn't going to be james bond again yeah and then fucking here we are but if craig went out when he said he was going to go out well, he uh, well, would have been fine. But now I agree with you. Like it'd be too old by the time they have the next movie where they have a new bond.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's because Spectre was kind of garbage. They were, they were trying to do accomplish a lot of things with Spectre, but uh, that would have been Craig's last movie. Cause that movie ends with bond quitting and walking off into the sunset. Yeah. But um, he didn't want to go out. Cause a lot of James Bond actors go out on shitty movies. And so he was like, "I'm gonna be the first one who doesn't." <laughs>
1: well, he he definitely had enough
0: good movies to go out on. Yeah, he. I mean, if Sky, Skyfall would have been a great end to that trilogy, but you know what? I like five correct movies. Okay, let me have one more rip. Let me have one more. I'll allow it. Thank you. Speaking of allowing it, um. <laughs> Horrible segue Hobbs and Shaw Talking about Who they're gonna fight Like I'm gonna punch that guy And then I'm gonna That whole bit Beautiful Very fun It's like you're not That's, uh, not, that's not your that, guy I
1: mean that was the Mick Jagger Right there
0: Yeah you, You're not gonna You're not gonna <laughs> You're not gonna Drop kick that guy Cause I'm gonna do A heel flip on him Like shit like that's that That's my face smash guy Yeah that's my face it. smash guy Oh I love it Eddie Marzam The flamethrower That was a good yep. moment
1: uh, great chase sequence uh, Like completely Out of this world But still very fun
0: You know what it made me think of? the uh, All the industrial shit and the color palette mm-hmm. of like, that scene Have you seen the Paul Not Paul Thomas Anderson But the Paul Anderson Of Resident Evil fame His, uh-huh. his death race movie P.T. Anderson? Yeah That stars um, Jason Statham
1: I have not seen that
0: one. Anyway, just seeing Jason Statham like driving in a like industrial place like this yeah. with like a gray sky totally reminded me of Death Race. Which that movie was more of a uh, a twisted metal movie than it was a remake of Death Race two thousand. <sighs>
1: Man, I wish someone would have pitched it to me like that when it came out, because I would—I'm gonna watch a, a twisted metal movie now. It,
0: it, it, seriously, what it is? Like they have tokens that they ru- drive over, and that activates their guns. It's cool. Shh. The way they did it was great. Um, that some bitch really is Black Superman. That was a good line.
1: Hey, that's that's the Rock putting over his opponent right
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> so much sexual tension. I wrote that down between Hattie and Hobbs.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to uh, say between uh, Hobbs and uh, and Brixton.
0: There really was. I think Dwayne Johnson was, there's a lot of sexual tension. With, with Locke, with Ryan Reynolds, there's a lot of sexual tension. Man,
1: all right. right. I'll just fucking say it now because I doubt we're probably going to talk about it. But, like, so him and, him and Hattie eventually kissed right before the big fucking climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and it was another one of those things where, like, I was looking forward to watching it again because I was down on it the first time and I wanted to make sure that that wasn't just like a weird reaction I have. And it's, it wasn't, I don't like it because I don't think Dwayne Johnson is a sexual being. I don't think of him that way. Yeah. You know, in all of his movies, like it just does like, there's a certain point when you're just too fucking big. Like it's just, you can't embrace somebody. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't work. Like, I don't know. You just, I just, I just can't think of him that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've gone, this would be the fifth Hobbs movie or is five, six, seven, eight. Fifth. Yeah. It's
1: yeah the fifth. fifth. Cause he saved the world four times. Uh, but the first time was just a um, bank vault.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but like, we've gone so many movies with him and just the fact that he has a love interest now is very weird.
1: Yeah, that too. Like, you haven't exactly established him as someone who, like, is interested in in a relationship in any way.
0: I can't really think of... But, yeah. I'm thinking of, like, Dwayne Johnson over his career. Like, how many movies he's had with, like, love interests.
1: Like, the good ones, I don't think he really has one. Yeah. Like, there's the the schlockier ones, like San Andreas and and Skyscraper, where, like...
0: He's got a family. Yeah.
1: But, like, it doesn't, it still just doesn't like work or, you know, as much, you know? Yeah.
0: That reminds me, recently I watched The Foreigner starring Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Mm -hmm. And in that movie, Jackie Chan, the whole movie's set in in motion because some um, IRA bombers, like, blow up a, uh, blow up something, but it's, like, near a dress shop where Jackie Chan's daughter's picking up her prom dress. And Jackie Chan's daughter dies. And I got to thinking, I was like, Jackie Chan's never had a family in any movie I've seen before. He's had like girlfriends that he like protects and whatever, but he's Mm -hmm. never been a family man. So Mm -hmm. picture me, a lifelong Jackie Chan fan, finally seeing a movie where Jackie Chan has a family. And then five minutes in, they all die. I will tell you, I was devastated. I felt like my family got—I lo- felt like I lost my family. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, Jackie's happy. Like, he loves his daughter. Boom, she's dead. And I'm like, I got, I got torn apart. Anyway, The Foreigner, starring Jackie Chan. It's, it's, it's good. I liked it. Yeah,
1: I, I've, I've been—I remember seeing the trailer and definitely being interested, and just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, does it have a blooper reel?
0: Fuck no it doesn't because it wasn't yeah, directed I by Jackie mind. Chan. If Jackie Chan directs a movie, you know that shit's gonna have a gag reel. Yeah. So uh you know where he got that from? The gag reel? Hmm. He got it from Hal Needham, who directed Smoking the Bandit and also Cannonball Run. Starring you Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There you go.
0: You want to tell this you want to hear the story about how Jackie Chan got into the Cannonball Run? Because it's a great story. Sure. I'm gonna tell it. I don't care. It's my podcast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so Jackie Chan was under contract uh, with a, like a Chinese studio to make uh, movies, and then finally he got out of a contract. But the uh, but the studio hired triads to come and force Jackie Chan to make more movies for them. So Jackie Chan fled the country while his agents of whatever negotiated with the triads. So that Jackie Chan could start making like his own independent movies again, and then in the meantime, Jackie Chan fled China and went to America, and that's when he starred in Cannibal Run.
1: <laughs> when he was on the run from the goddamn Chinese mob.
0: Yeah, that was his own Cannibal Run, Triad Run, and then he um, so then we, then after all that shit was over, he finally came back to Hong Kong, and that's when Jackie Chan started making like the best movies in his like I'm like his filmography. Was like movies in which he had his own stunt team and all that stuff. Anyway, I could uh, do a Jackie Chan podcast, but the H, I think I think um, the frequency of the episodes will be one every uh, five months or so. So I wouldn't. It, so if you want to talk about Jackie Chan, just hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Nick Leighton. We could talk Jackie Chan. <laughs> that's that's the solve for that right there. All right, so we're going to Samoa now. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, so
1: what happens in the big chase in Ukraine is the fucking machine that is going to take the virus out of Hattie gets broken.
0: And the quickest cutaway shot ever, by the way.
1: Yes, (laughs) but so here's where in my second viewing of this film, I bump big time because you got a broken piece of technological equipment. And Hobbs goes I know just the guy He's the best in the world I'm sorry That should cut to a shot of Tedge right there It really Take should it, the phone.
0: it really fucking should
1: And if Tedge doesn't pick up Ramsey, call Ramsey I'm sorry those Those are the two best Technical minds You know, motherfucker
0: It really is
1: yeah. At the very least say well the first two people I know that could fix this are busy. Yeah. And I know that. Like say like dude, I'm sorry, but your fucking Pimp My Ride brother is not is not.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um I follow this uh, a YouTube account called Odd Tinkering which is I think he's German, but uh he he buys Old like he 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 restores stuff like old PlayStations, like a Dreamcast. He's done an Xbox, like all these game consoles. And he he like YouTube. He does a video and he shows you how he does it. Watching Cliff Curtis, by the way, love him.
1: Oh, he was great. Like, don't get me wrong. Love getting to Samoa. Love all of the fucking scenery. Love the whole family. Yeah, it's fucking Roman Reigns time. Let's fucking go.
0: But, but, yeah, watching Cliff Curtis put together that thing again felt like watching a YouTube video of, like, somebody figuring out how to fix an Xbox.
1: With a 3D printer and everything?
0: Yeah. Which I love when he um, he upgraded it fixed it. He added, like, chrome pipes to it. He turned it into yeah, gave
1: a... a gave it, like, a muffler.
0: He turned it into a hot rod, and that shit cracked <laughs> me up. Uh, what did I... Yeah, I think I wrote down... Um, yeah, he made it look like a hot rod, which... Uh, yeah, I, I, I did love the whole Hobbes family aspect with it because you see a lot of, uh, you know, Hattie and Deckard, their, their family relationship, yep. and then their mother to a certain extent. But then, like, you finally get to see, like, the full Hobbes family, and that,
1: yeah. ugh. Well, so this movie, uh, so a thing that I did like about it was that this movie took the opportunity to be about Actual family mm-hmm. and bloodlines as opposed to a found family. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm always a sucker for a found family story, which is why I'm just such a big fan of these movies to begin with. But this was a nice, like, that was a clever uh, approach to take yeah. uh, to it. Um I would have loved to have seen more Roman Reigns. I would have loved to have had him had some speaking lines.
0: I wrote this down. I said, does Roman Reigns even have lines? And then my next line is, never mind. He says, ah, ah.
1: It's, well, let me correct you. It's just, ooh, ah, because it's a reference to what he actually screams in the ring. Okay. He also uh, got in an actual Samoan drop. And then he actually did the spear, which is his finisher. Yeah. Um. And this was at a point in Roman Reigns' career where he was very much not popular. Like, WWE was pushing him very, very hard. Yeah, they were. And the fans were just rejecting him. Yeah. Abjectly. Uh, whereas today, in the WWE Today, uh, since they brought him back in August, he has been full heel turn. and And he has been... One of the best actors on television. That's great. I shit you not. Like, straight up, he is going to get snatched up by Hollywood soon. That, that's really like, cool. Yeah. It has been such a transformation. But he was like, you know, in what he could do in this movie, which wasn't much, but it was good. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you who almost stole the fucking movie here in the fourth quarter. Mama Hobbs. Yes. Mama Hobbs rules. And she crushed every line she had, she was the best. Mama Hobbs for fucking life.
0: That's like, during the whole, uh, you know, credit scene where Samantha meets her, I teared up. Just, just yeah. Mama Hobbs' is acting. Yes. Like meeting her granddaughter for the first time. Ugh. um, I love I was... that they uh, use Home Alone tactics, as I call, when, in regard to uh, <laughs> fighting Brixton and the Eddie on boys. Oh, uh, it's so good. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> It's it's actually charming.
0: Yeah. Something I don't know if you noticed this, uh, you probably did, but um, so like during all this, the whole Home Alone setup thing, like Hobbs mm-hmm. and Shaw are like digging holes and be doing manly shit. Meanwhile, Hattie is hacking into Edion's network, and mm-hmm. what she gets six six minutes of the guns being deactivated yeah and in that scene there have like there's like a nice little moment with uh Hattie and Deckard about you know family or whatever but I don't know if you notice in the background first of all you got a uh on the far the left yeah on the far left you got a picture so, of uh Dwayne Johnson's dad yep and then uh next to that is a big ass pile of VHS tapes and then next to that you got posters for Beverly Hill's cop yep 48 hours a lethal weapon and cobra. Cobra. which I want to have a movie night at the Hobbs house. Like they're watching on VHS. They're probably going to get rowdy as fuck watching these movies. They've seen a hundred times. They know how to use a VCR. <laughs> Unlike some people looking at you dead Vince.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let the man rest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, like I, I paused it just to see like, I, I even like, I wish my TV was bigger, so I could zoom in, like, see what the yeah. tapes were. Which is why we need to see this in the theater and have them pause it. Like, hey, uh, projector, uh, projection guy, uh, pull that back, zoom in, enhance. Just do that whole enhance. scene in Blade Runner where he, like, looks at a picture enhancing it. But with VHS yeah. tapes in a Fast that was and Furious I thought
1: uh, Cobra kind of stuck out a little bit because it's like, buddy cop, buddy cop, buddy cop. Cobra, Marion Cobra Cabretti.
0: What I think about the Cobra, though, like Cobra was originally was what the movie Beverly Hills Cop was gonna be, right? So I, th- right.
1: I think. That but also, if you're trying to, to shoehorn Stallone in there, just go Tango and Cash.
0: That's true. I think they were like, you know what? That's too many buddy cop movies. We need to we need to mix it up a bit. So but- I do love all the the references
1: to like action movies and stuff like that because they also refer to. Um, I think Brixton as the Terminator. Yeah. And then, of course, Franz Gruber, Hans Gruber. Yeah. You know, good stuff.
0: Yeah. um, This movie did what The Expendables wanted to do. Yeah. In regard to, like, the 80s action movie. Oh, my. Yeah. Like, this is a perfect 80s buddy cop movie, in my opinion. Like, action. Like, this was... I always consider there's a spectrum, like, the middle of its tang on cash... Yeah, but I, I have not found a buddy cop movie that sucks yet. But, but the holy grail, of course, at the very like top of the spectrum is Lethal Weapon.
1: So, T- so Tango and Cash is the Mendoza line of buddy cop movies.
0: Yeah, it's like the middle of the road because it's like it works in some parts, but other parts you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. But like, and Lethal Weapons like gold throughout the you know throughout the whole movie. But yeah, I can't think of a shitty um, buddy cop movie yet. You know what, Theodore uh, Rex, if, Theodore Rex, would Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's the that's uh, the worst one.
1: <laughs> if you think of any other shitty buddy cop movies, please tweet at Nick Lathan, hashtag Butt Cop Movies. Thank you. T T Y movies. Yes, and let them know what it was. You know what also works in a movie every time? That you know I'm a sucker for a motherfucking haka. Yes, God damn you know I love me a honka.
0: I love um, the line look into my eyes they'll be the last thing you see before you die.
1: Oh dude, I'm so glad that they subtitled that because yeah that was some of the most badass shit yeah
0: ever yeah. and then like shoot them and immediately they couldn't because Hattie hacked their yeah. guns and then yeah Hobbs's family starts whipping ass. Oh, which that scene, so fucking good. That scene was funny to me just because you can tell the dawn parts was day for night or day for mm-hmm. dawn. Like you, they probably yeah. shot that at three p.m. and like just yeah, we'll put a curves effect in After effect and make it kind of darker. <laughs> yeah, that's dawn. It just cracked me up. But yeah, that whole fight uh, sequence with yeah the Hobbs family was I, real nice.
1: It also made me laugh that um, that Hobbs was wearing. Uh, like that traditional uh, Samoan garb over, just like some fucking Docker. Yeah. <laughs> and then when uh, they have to start chasing after Brixton and Hattie, uh, and like Hobbs is hopping on the back of the truck, he's like putting his shirt on as he gets on the back.
0: Yeah, well, he can't be shirtless the like, whole whole time.
1: I mean, like logistically, just do it, man. Yeah. Now, also logistically. I don't know if you noticed, one of my biggest pet peeves driving with flip-flops. Who was this? Uh, the 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 family. Uh, whoever was the first of the family to like follow and connect to uh Shaw's truck. I think uh, that they was they were shifting and they showed the clips of them shifting in flip-flops. I think that was Roman Reigns. No, no, no Roman's Roman was on the back and he threw the chains.
0: That's right, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and, you know, sh- shout. It looked like the flip-flops were rainbows, which are great flip-flops. But, you know, I'll, I, I don't know if I said this last time that this came up, but, like, if you're going to be shifting in, in flip-flops like that, like, that's the equivalent of when's, The Incredibles.
0: When's that Jimmy Buffett song coming out, shifting in flip-flops? <laughs> I was
1: shifting in flip-flops. <laughs>
0: I slipped in I couldn't stop Oh boy. Set up the typewriter We're writing a Buffett album Inspired by Hobbs and Shaw
1: I can't wait to send it to him, uh For uh, the songs you don't know by heart finale
0: This will be songs you won't know by heart
1: <laughs> Songs you can't know by heart <laughs> uh, But it's the, it's the It's the same exact Equivalent To the Incredibles As to why superheroes shouldn't wear capes
0: Yeah Yeah <laughs> Man, I love the uh, yeah, when they finally go chasing after the helicopter, um, let's go fishing, you hook them, I'll gut them, yeah. Which, yeah, uh,
1: loved that. The final fight was dope, um, hit him
0: with the moonshine,
1: hit him with the moonshine, which which was fun. Uh, it was a nice little twist on it. Uh, of course, it was, it's always great to see Nas in these films, uh, but it wasn't it was Noss, it's odd that they didn't name check it, yeah, that was they weird, didn't, like, show it. Um, I don't know if they lost the contract or some shit
0: like that. Maybe it was actual moonshine. Maybe it was actual moonshine. Good wrecks. I wrote that. Oh, with the, uh, the barrel shooting up out of the ground. Those are some cool wrecks. Um, the fall off the cliff. And then they finally figured out the key to beating him was teamwork. Teamwork.
1: Yeah. Uh, I really liked how that was shot. I loved all the like, the slow motion parts and stuff like that. Um, it was there was the potential of it like just being an overproduced fight with all the slow motion and stuff like that, but it just fucking played for me. With
0: the rain and everything, it looks great.
1: Mm-hmm. That, and I was I was really happy that uh, Hattie also got the chance to 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 hold her own. Yeah. in that in the the finale as well. She would not like and a, not just a, be
0: a fucking yeah.
1: damsel in distress, just waiting there.
0: Yeah. The thing uh, when I first watched this movie, I was like, "That, that storm's kind of convenient." And then, like, watching it a second time, I was like, "Yeah, they." Well, Hob says, "Well, there's gonna be a uh, there's gonna be a storm on the south side." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's even better. Like, I, I'm <laughs> I'm glad a storm. They're like just didn't show up out of nowhere just to like up you know serve the movie like out of nowhere. Yeah. They like referenced it earlier, which is nice." Yep. Yeah. Um, here comes the kryptonite. What move is that that he does? That's a German suplex. Okay, I knew it was a suplex. But, like, you could yeah. have done one of your finishers, Rock. Uh,
1: I mean, a German suplex onto uh, a stone slab isn't is not uh, not a finisher.
0: <laughs> I know, but, like, I was expecting, like, a rock bottom or something like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, I mean, we already got the rock bottom. Like, here's the thing. His other finisher is the people's elbow. Yeah. <laughs> so that. I I mean if they work a people's elbow into the fucking into a Fast and Furious fight like I'm going to do laps in the theater.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he always could have rock stomped somebody. That would have been great. Love me a rock stomp. We know you do. Uh my next note, yeah, where is Owen during all of this? At the end of the movie I finally was like, "You know, where the fuck is Owen Shaw?" Cuz cuz Deckard and the and Hattie have been having a great time but where's the third who never gets referenced in this movie by the way
1: no which is going to be funny if he actually ends up getting just like written out somehow uh but it also like fucked me up when he said like i've already killed my brother i'm just like wait did he fucking kill wh- what yeah that's
0: what somehow? that's what i thought at first but like i think he's talking about brixton Mm-mm.
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that, that it is uh who he's talking about but like i remember being in the theater seeing that for the first time going like Hold on, whoa, hold, whoa, hold on. What? Yeah. Oh, wait, you're talking about that.
0: I love that uh, in the trivia section for IMDb, it says, like, um, the line I've atoned for some things is a reference to to Deckard Shaw killing Han after the, after the Justice for Han campaign came out around this movie. In which I was like, that's a kind of a half-assed way to, like, you know, have a reckoning for. like, so, yeah, I regret killing that guy. Who's actually not dead because of Lazarus Pitts. Lazarus Pitt.
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then it's just a you know happy ending after that. But I, w- I will say this, man. Like, we did see Brixton get decommissioned and then fall off the cliffside. Yes. I'm going to fucking need Brixton straight up in a Fast and Furious movie, man. <laughs> we did not see a dead body. We didn't see a dead body, but I f- I feel like the him being decommissioned is pretty clear. But also that said, he's died before. Yeah. Who's to say Cypher can't bring him back or something? With her
0: alien technology.
1: Exactly.
0: The um He's
1: he is Black Superman, and Superman is an alien. It's true.
0: The thing with Brixton, we've established Shoot,
1: he'll come back as Black Zod.
0: Oh, oh my God! What if he's in the? What if he's in the glass? The pane of glass that's flying through space, and that's how. And it. We'll get into that later, but um. The brixton of it all makes me think of super soldiers. Will we see super soldiers proper in the? Or excuse me, super soldiers in the fast saga proper?
1: I think it would make sense, especially if they do work. Etienne, uh, Etienne into. Into the film. Like, yeah, it's there. It's there for you to use, man.
0: Because I could see Jacob Toretto, John Cena's character, being a super soldier.
1: What if, man, what if they actually just start structuring these movies like the MCU? Like, all the spinoffs, your Hobbs and Shaw's and and any other spinoffs that you do are just like your standalone superhero movies. Mm -hmm. And then... Each Fast and Furious movie is it a big event Avengers movie every like three or four years? That'd be
0: pretty cool. I I would enjoy
1: that. Yeah, I think it would make sense. Mm -hmm. Like it, it would be a big deal seeing the family get back together, and then like you've built this network of villains that like also can use each other. Shit, this is a good idea.
0: And also, what Universal needs to do is make a movie that would make a good ride
1: for once. Or just make a Fast and Furious area.
0: Yeah. Oh my God, a, a Samoan cliff that you could recreate a fight scene with. A, 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 oh my God, a photowatt with a helicopter that's crashed. That'd be cool.
1: <laughs> uh, a Hobbs Customs where you can make your own little blood extractor that you can take home.
0: <laughs> It'd be like the uh, the Droid Workshop at uh, Galaxy's yep. Edge. The <laughs> love it. I love all the close-ups of the Hobbs Customs logos and all those tow trucks that pull up at the end of the movie to like yeah. to make the four car chain. Just all right, we got to have a close-up of a flip flop pit and a pedal, and a close-up of the Hobbs Custom logo. That's all we need. Man, did we reference uh, the Seven Buck f- uh, films with the seven on his shirt? That's obviously no. A I didn't notice. Yeah. That. His shirt that he wears, Hobbs wears at the end, has a seven on it. So that's obviously a reference to there you go. seven dollars. That's how much Dwayne Johnson had in his pocket. What's the story with that? Uh, he was
1: broke. Uh, I think he like he, was was uh, injured. He had football, like he got injured in the CFL, and he was broke. Yeah. and didn't have any money in his pocket.
0: Um, and he moved back in with his dad. Also,
1: kind of a bullshit story because he always knew he could fall back on wrestling. Yeah.
0: Ugh not, let's, let's not talk shit about, uh, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> okay, XFL, he brought it. I love it. Um. Yeah. I think that's all I have for this movie. Yeah, man, that's it. That's the long and short of it, dude. Besides, number one, why Brixton's the best villain, he raps over the end credits. <sighs> Wait, was that really Idris? Yes, it was.
1: Like, here's the thing, I knew he was a DJ. I didn't know he rapped as well.
0: Yeah. He like I I looked it up because I was like this is Idris Elba rapping and then I looked it up on IMDb and the song is co-written by Idris Elba and he raps on the song. Well, you
1: know what that means? It means we're going to need an Idris Elba Vin Diesel collab.
0: Oh my god! Yes. Are we still going to do our covers, our Garage Inc. type album with uh, Vin Diesel <laughs> singing all the Bruce Springsteen hits? I mean, of course. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see that. And in the post credit scene, we have we find out that Locke... Which one? There were eight. Yeah, I'm talking about the very last one where we find out that Locke Loc stabbed a guy with a brick. It's actually pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about how Hattie stabbed a guy with a brick. That We we totally went over that line, which that was very funny. She stabbed a guy with a brick. I don't even know how you do that. And then later... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this movie had great humor and uh, it was the funniest of the franchise. Yeah, I just think that they need to bring more of this humor into the saga proper. But you know what? They laughed at Vin having a stand-up career so that's why they don't have as much comedy as they should. I, know, I think it just has a different brand of humor because obviously with Tej and Roman you got comedy.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was definitely much more of a focus on it
0: mm-hmm. in this in this movie. I looked at IM. It was a,
1: it was a buddy cop comedy. It was a buddy comedy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: On IMDb, the three genres this was listed as was action, adventure, thriller, and I was like, why is it not action comedy adventure? Like, why is comedy not the second one? Because this is an action comedy. So I know you don't think we should rank this movie. With the other movies. But if you were to rank this with the other movies, how would you rank it? Where would you put this?
1: Okay. Uh, Let's... Let me concentrate here. One to nine. Letterman style. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. The Fast and the Furious. Um, Fuck, dude. I forget. I was not. I am very unprepared for this right now. You're always unprepared
0: for these rankings.
1: No, but this one more so in particular. Goodness gracious. Uh, All right. Um, Let me just get them all in front of me here so I can, like, put my ducks in a row.
0: (laughs) I can go if you want me to go. While you think. Yes, please go. All right, so number nine with a bullet is Tokyo would Drift. Number eight would be the original The Fast and the Furious. Number seven, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number six, Fast and Furious. Number five, Fate of the Furious. Number four, Fast and Furious 6. Number three, Hobbs and Shaw. Number two, Fast Five. And number one, Furious 7. That feels right to me. I don't know about you or the listener, how y'all feel, but this feels right to me. All right. Uh,
1: I'm going to go nine, Tokyo Drift. Eight, The Fast and the Furious. Seven, Too Fast, Too Furious. Six is going to be six. (laughs) Five is going to be Hobbs and Shaw. Four is going to be five. Three is going to be... Shit, what do I have left?
0: Did you just say Fast and Furious?
1: Yeah. Three is going to be Fast and Furious. Two is going to be
0: Fate. One is going to be Furious 7. That's good. I wouldn't argue with that. That's a good, that's a good ranking. As long as you got 7 as number one, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh,
1: I've, been, I've been riding that for years, and, and I'm, I don't see myself feeling any different anytime soon.
0: And, um, 10 second car or 10 minute car.
1: This is a 10 second custom right here, man.
0: Ooh, a custom. I like it. A Hobbs custom. Faster furious. I'm going to go furious. Yep. I agree on both counts. All right. So we're wrapping up the episode and this season for now, but we got something coming up in the future. That you're going to be interested in. Because on Patreon, we're going to start doing *Rolling out our Ghostbusters episodes. And the name of that podcast is going to be Ready to Believe You. Which I'm very excited about. Yeah. I'm, I, I keep thinking about ep- ways we can elongate that, that season. Because there's only four Ghostbusters movies.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to figure a few things out. I'm sure we could think of something. I'm sure.
0: But yeah, that'll be coming out. I think I have that. Are you good with March?
1: <laughs> I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm good with March.
0: Okay, cool. I'm glad everybody's good with March. Cause I scheduled it for March. That's when I'll be available. So yeah, uh, stay subscribed. We're still going to do fast and furious because we still got F nine to come out and then fast 10 your seatbelts and then an 11th one. And then a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw's in the works. So we got at least, I mean, four more episodes, baby. That's at least that we know of. That's what we know of. We know they're going to make more. We know they're going to make another theme park ride, so we got to do another Uh, theme park episode.
1: uh, We also got to record an episode where uh, I talk about me watching Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift for the first
0: time. Oh, You don't have to watch it. Yeah, we're going to do a switch, a little switcheroo in which I don't watch it and Rich does. And then we're gonna have to do an episode of when we
1: actually finally ride Supercharged.
0: Yes, and that'll be in uh, thirty years. So stay subscribed.
1: And then when Fast and Furious Crossroads is only five dollars to buy and play, I'll play it and, and we'll talk about that.
0: I seriously got a text from Rip the Day saying that's that uh, saying it was on sale for twenty bucks. He says too much. And I said yes. That is still too much. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to be two dollars.
1: $2, 2 Furious.
0: Oh, man. I love it. Too
1: Fast, $2. Which one works better?
0: I don't know. Too Fast, $2? Too I like fast, that. $2, I think works. That is a, uh... That's what the ATM in the uh, Fast and Furious section of Universal Studios is called.
1: <laughs> you just have to tap your phone, but you can only get $2. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, you gotta tap your phone a couple of times if you wanna pay for that $80 beer. Um... <laughs> All right. Well, follow me on social media at Nick Lathan. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxed. Is that it? That is all three of them. I'm Rich Cami on
1: Twitter and Instagram. Follow me specifically on Instagram because every day I host the Whack Pack, where Rip rips open another pack of trading cards every single day. We raise money for good causes. Uh, when we reach goals, I chew the old ass gum. Uh, today, Nick, <laughs> send me a picture or a tweet. Uh, with a picture uh, with gum in it from 1979.
0: What 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 movie was it for? I forget.
1: I couldn't. It was like something dumb.
0: So it's probably the Hot Rock. And, like, the Hot Rock, know. written by William Goldman, starring Robert oh. Redford, not available on DVD.
1: Well, but it's available on trading cards.
0: Oh, the Hot Rock is a movie that I love that is not available to buy anywhere unless you want to pay like over a hundred dollars for a DVD.
1: Which you shouldn't
0: do. Yeah, but uh, it's a very good movie. And it's owned by, it's a Fox movie owned by Disney now. So Disney released the Hot Rock on Blu-ray as Robert Redford. Plus it up. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. So you want to do this quote. Yeah. Us together. Who are you going to be and who am I going to be? I'll start. Okay. So we're going to take this season out for now on this quote.
1: (laughs) And since you're standing there. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rip the arm off this chair. Then I'm going to smash him right in the face. Stab him right in the neck for looking that way. And kill all 13 guys in 7 seconds.
0: And here's what I'm going to do. Slip out of these chains and drop kick him, him, and him right in the throat.
1: No, not him. That's my guy. you got to pick another guy. What do you mean that's your guy? That's my guy. No, no, no. That's face smash guy. you got to find another drop kick
0: guy. You want a face smash guy? I'm going to find you one. See the guy over there? The big one? The big one. That's face smash guy. No, he's way too big.
1: Ain't that right, Hattie?
0: And then she uh, comes up behind Brixton and points her gun at him. Beautiful. Scene. (sighs) Improv, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at
1: ArcadeAudio.net.